Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. CWB, Canova Huntington, WIRO, Ironton, Aloha Trust. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. An iHeartRadio station. Tri-State sports fans, it's time to get your fill. It's the sports fill-in. Today's show is brought to you by Brown Landscape Management. Who's on first? Sports cards and collectibles. Monroe's Frame and Collision. Collins Career Center. Auto Styles. And Pollux Jewelers. Now, it's on with the show. Here's your host, Jason Filial. It's a big day for colleges around the country. College football programs. It's National Signing Day. We'll have updates on that. Not full-blown coverage. We'll save that for tomorrow after the day's over. But we'll talk about that a little bit. Another big win for the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. It's player interview day yesterday at Marshall and uh, some comments from Marshall players about the big bowl game Monday. Yes, it's Monday. They're playing in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl against UCF. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, the Pro Bowl rosters were announced yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, excuse me. And, um, you know, I talked about the Cleveland Browns yesterday, and there was a lot of feedback after the show about the Cleveland Browns, and uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more. A couple of Cleveland Brown players didn't make the Pro Bowl, so we'll talk about that. And on the program today, a Harlem Globetrotter, Sweet Lou 2, will join me in the studio, and we will talk about the Globetrotters event, which is coming to Huntington January 12th. So we'll talk to him in the second segment. Now, you can be part of the program as well, 877-800-9848, 877-800-9848. You can also get me on Twitter at SportsFillin, P-H-I-L-I-N. It is all one word. So um coworker down the hall, Dave uh, Roberts from our sister station, Key 100, sent me a, a text a little bit ago uh, with a picture, and he said, so this just happened. Uh, he got a picture with Sergeant Slaughter. Do you remember if you watched wrestling back in the day in the old WWF? You know Sergeant Slaughter is uh, you know one of the the strong superheroes or superstars in the WWF. He would always call people maggots. Listen up, maggots! Sergeant Slaughter was great, um, and, and he apparently was uh, eating at, a, at an establishment here this morning. And uh, Dave ran into him and uh, went and asked him, said, excuse me, sir, are, are you Sergeant Slaughter? And he was looking at his menu, and he kind of said, I am, and then kind of raised his head up. So they asked for a picture, and he said, we can do that. So apparently Sergeant Slaughter was in Huntington this morning, may may still be in town, I don't know, but uh, that's cool. man. I, I, I enjoyed watching Sergeant Slaughter as a kid. That's taking me back to my old WWF days. Back when I was younger and, and watched, I was not a full-fledged Hulkamaniac. Not really a big fan of his. But, uh, you know, guys like that, like Sergeant Slaughter, and, I mean, you had Hulk Hogan when he teamed up with Mr. T in WrestleMania. Do you remember that? And then there was Roddy Piper and Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy and Jake the Snake Roberts and Macho Man Randy Savage. Just all those guys from the WWF days gone by. That was a long time ago. I can't tell you the last time I watched any kind of uh, wrestling whatsoever. But I thought it was cool that Sergeant Slaughter was in town. And by all means, Sarge, if you are in town, you are tuning in, just stop by. We'll have you on the show. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. Um, but I, I just thought that was pretty cool that uh, that he was in town or is in town. And uh, they got a picture with him. They've got a picture with him. Uh, so I, I mentioned yesterday on the show, we I had this uh, whole segment about the Cleveland Browns. And uh, the Pro Bowl rosters were announced yesterday. And we do want to congratulate those two Cleveland Browns that uh, that made the Pro Bowl. Nick Chubb is one, and Jarvis Landry is the other. Uh, Nick Chubb at running back, Jarvis Landry at wide receiver. The other local teams of interest, I guess, if you call it that, the Cincinnati Bengals got one Pro Bowl selection. That was Geno Adkins' defensive tackle. Pittsburgh had five Pro Bowlers. David DeCastro at guard. Free safety Minka Fitz, excuse me Minka Fitzpatrick defensive tackle Cameron Haywood Hayward 
Marquise Pouncey at center, outside linebacker T.J. Watt. So they were represented pretty well. But, um, you know, the whole Cleveland Browns thing, and it kind of took a whole new level yesterday. Uh, I got a tweet yesterday at Bullcar11. You could not pay me enough money to be a Browns fan, and I'm a Bengals fan. Now that's saying something. So things have just fallen totally apart there in Cleveland. And, um, you know, I, I still can't figure out why. And, I, well, I, I did figure out why. I mean, it's the head coach, right? Um, some people don't even want to mention his name. But Freddie Kitchens is not the guy in Cleveland. And uh, they said they were going to bring him back unless some kind of disastrous thing happens at the end of the season. And it pretty much has. Guys wanting off the team. Guys wanting to go to a, another team. Guys telling the Arizona Cardinals, hey, we, we want to come and play for you. And how bad is that that you want to go play for Arizona instead of Cleveland? You know, guys getting called out for taking plays off and not playing 100% the whole game. Uh, just one of those things. But uh, Cleveland, eh. I mean, what's going on in Cleveland? Let's hit the phone lines. 877-800-9848. You're on the sports fill-in. Hello. Good morning, Jason. Hey, what's going on? Danny, my Cleveland Brown uh, fan. How are you? Oh, uh, Lord. <laughs> it's that bad, huh? It is. Uh, I made a new rule in our household that you cannot mention the Cleveland Browns head coach's name in my house. Hmm. So you're... We call him the coach up north. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this. How long have you been a Browns fan? All my life that I can remember. Okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you, I mean, you know, we talked before the season started, Danny, and we thought, hey, maybe the Browns will do something this year. And a lot of folks said that this is going to be a team that's going to contend for the AFC Championship, right? And then things just kind of fell apart. Yeah, I believe they had the talent to contend, you know. But uh, having the right guy in place has a whole lot to do with that, you know. So what's what's the deal? I mean, what do you think it is? As a fan of the Browns, uh, is it Freddie Kitchens? Is he the sole blame for this whole thing? Uh, in my opinion, it, it, he has a whole lot to do with it. Uh, the whole coaching staff, you know, uh, some of the decisions they've made, uh, like in the Cincinnati game, you know, you're playing a, a team that is in the bottom part of the league in a uh, rush defense, so we come out throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my head was hurting so bad at the first half. <laughs> Chubb had seven yards rushing in the first half. And then the second half, you know, he started getting the ball and he got another 99 yards. But this is a man that's leading the league in rushing. Guess, we have him as an offensive weapon. We're playing the defense that's worse in the league in rushing. So what would you do in your coaching staff? Yeah. How would you form a game plan you know, for that? I would you prob- throw the ball. If it's me, I would probably run the ball, you know. But that's, that's <laughs> well, they, just me. They'd probably try to outsmart them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what? You know, I, I see some of these games, and I, I think there's probably two or three games during the season, maybe more than that, that they should have won, that they didn't. Yeah. I th- I'm a Seahawks fan. I think they should have beaten Seattle. Um I agree. And there were maybe a couple of other ones in there as well that they could have won. But, I mean, that falls on the coach, I think. And, and to me, you've got all that talent. You've got OBJ. You've got Jarvis Landry. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got uh, Kareem Hunt now. And you've got a quarterback, and you, you can't develop him, and, and things have just fallen apart. So, to me, I don't know that that, re- that goes right to the GM or, or the owner. I think this goes right to the coach. But I guess technically you could say that goes to the owner and GM because they hired this guy. Right, uh, absolutely. It, it it falls totally on Dorsey, in my opinion. And some of the, I mean, they have lost us games. You know, coaching staff sometimes can, you know, just by game planning, they can lose you games. And I felt like we've lost a couple games just because of the coaching. Yeah, yeah. And, and all the years I've ever been a Browns fan, and yeah, I agree with the Bengal fan. It, it, you don't want to be a Browns fan <laughs> because expectation was so high. This is probably one of the worst seasons I've endured as a Browns fan just because we thought we had something and just saw it, you know, slip away. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I'll say about Kareem Hunt calling out uh, his teammates, he comes from a winning culture, you know. He was with Kansas City. They were in the playoffs. And so 
he knows that you got to play hard every play. Yeah. Some of the guys that hold that team, I, I could call them out by name, but who's not playing hard? Who's not and, playing and hard? It's really upsetting. Who would, who do you number think? 70. Now he he did not say specifically who was not playing hard, but who do you think is not playing hard? Number seventy eight takes one off every other day. I mean, every other day. Greg Robinson, uh, he doesn't finish blocks. He doesn't go downfield. He doesn't go looking for nobody. And uh, you know, it, uh, the many plays I've seen him take off, it, it's just upsetting. You know. Uh, I mean, there's so much to be said about this this year for Cleveland, and I think that's probably the biggest disappointment in football this year. Uh, I mean, you could well, go down and look at some of the other teams. Maybe the Bengals fit in there, but you know, it's the Bengals. But the yep. Browns, for all they had in this offseason and all the hype and all the talk, and this was going to be the year, blah 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 blah. That has to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, disappointment in football this year. I agree totally. Um... The saving grace is Nick Chubb. What a class young man he is. But uh, if Cleveland Browns fans are listening, I'd like to put our season and tie it, tie it up with a bow. <laughs> and, and that's this. Is if, if Dorsey, if their ultimate goal was to bridge this year with um, that coach up north and try to, to develop uh, Mayfield with the same coach, and they'll go bridge in to bring a McCarthy in because everybody on uh, on that staff is from Green Bay. Yeah. Elliot Wolf, High Smith, all them guys come over from Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers runs McCarthy out of town. True, but I think if there's a lot of hope, that the only thing that makes sense or the only thing that makes sanity is if they bridge this year with that coach up north, and they're going to replace him with McCarthy as soon as this dreadful year's over with. You're ready to throw the towel in on the season already, huh? Uh, I I got uh, season tickets, so you know, pass on the TV. Uh huh. So I'll be watching them, and I'll be pulling for them, and, and all that other stuff. But it's just really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Well, I, I'd like to say that I can understand that, but uh, the the Browns <laughs> haven't had a winning season in in the entire decade. The only team in the National Football League to do so. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe Danny. Maybe it's uh, an indictment on the state of Ohio as far as professional sports teams go. And look at the Bengals. Amen. The Bengals are the worst team in football. The Browns are, you know, a, a big letdown this year. The Reds, well, say what you want about them. Maybe they'll have a better year in 2020. And the Cleveland Indians, well, I thought they were going to win the division this year, but that didn't happen. Yeah. So uh, kind of disappointing as far as the oh, – I didn't even mention the Cavs. You left you want, one. You, you, want, left one. <laughs> you want me to throw the Cavs in there too? I mean, we could do that. No, the – the I Ohio said, State University. I said you professional. Left them out. I said professional sports teams. Oh, I'm teams. sorry. Well, but, we're close to professional compared to the other two NFL teams. That's a good point. You know? That's a good point. <laughs> well, Danny, look. The well, season, you're a Seahawk fan, so I know yeah. you don't feel my pain. I don't. I, I used to. Back in the day, I used to. I mean, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. I lived through yep. some of those 2-14 and 14 seasons with Rick Meyer as the quarterback, but uh, the Seahawks haven't had a losing season in like eight years, nine years. So I can't say that I feel your pain, but, you know, I, I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the season. Well, you. You're welcome. The season is almost over, Danny. Just two more weeks, and then maybe Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens will be gone. Thank, so, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't <laughs> you say that word to me again. Okay, maybe. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> appreciate the phone call. And Merry Christmas, you buddy. too. Merry Christmas. Eight seven seven eight hundred nine eight four eight. Oh, Cleveland Browns. I'm so sorry, uh, <laughs> you Browns fans. Uh, struggling. I know. I know it's a, a struggle because, well, I mean, look at the bright side, too. If you want to do silver lining, Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry are Pro Bowl selections. 
We'll give you that. Nick Chubb's had a pretty good year. Jar- you know, Jarvis Landry was kind of surprised to me to see that he was uh, a Pro Bowl selection. I drafted him in my fantasy football league, and he didn't really do much, so I ended up dropping him. Uh, but uh, congratulations to see him and Nick Chubb as Pro Bowl selections for the Cleveland Browns. Again, the Bengals with just one, Geno Adkins. And uh, the good news for the Bengals is uh, they play the uh, Dolphins this week. The other good news is they're probably going to get Joe Burrow. Yeah, they were so bad this year that they will have the number one, number one draft pick, and they'll take Joe Burrow. I know a lot of people say, look, they, they need Chase Young. They should draft him out of Ohio State. But, I mean, this it's a, it's a quarterback league, right? And you have a franchise quarterback that you could get in Joe Burrow. Now, I'm not saying he's the only piece that's missing. Andy Dalton, was he serviceable? I, I'm Based on everything around him and the injuries they've had, they need a lot, right? I mean, the Bengals need more than just the number one pick. They need a lot to get this team back to uh, its winning ways. But I don't see that happening anytime in the near future. 877-800-9848 if you would like to join the program. You're talking a little uh, pro football and uh, the Cleveland Browns and National Football League. we got a lot more to get into here on the program. Uh, we will talk Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. They played again last night, back-to-back nights, and they won again. They beat the Detroit Red Wings. It's kind of good that they're playing uh, three games this week. One was against Washington, solid team. The second was against the worst team in hockey in the Red Wings, and they'll play tomorrow night against the Kings, who are also bad. So the Blue Jackets have a chance to string some points together here. So we'll talk about the Blue Jackets a little bit later on in the show. We will also hear from some of the Marshall players. What are they looking forward to most as they head down to the bowl? Now, we know that the bowl game itself is what takes center stage, and they're playing UCF, which is a, a solid football program, and probably the, uh, I guess, the banner waiver, if you will, the flag bearer for the group of five teams over the last few years. I mean, they won a national championship. Just ask them, and they'll tell you. Uh, they've been to the Access Bowl a couple of times, and they're playing Marshall in the bowl game Monday. Now, that is the the main centerpiece, the main attraction. But what are some of the other things that these players are looking forward to when they go down there? They always have different kind of bowl activities. They have stuff for the teams to do. There's uh, the gift suite where they get something for going to a bowl game as a reward. Uh, but some of the guys, I mean, some of the answers that I got yesterday when I asked him about this, uh, really surprising. And we'll hear from some of those a little bit later on in the show. You can be part of the program as well, 877-800-9848. After the timeout, we're going to talk a little Globetrotters basketball. Sweet Lou 2 is going to join me in the studio, and we'll do that after this timeout. This is the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox Sports Radio. 1230 and 1420. This is the Sports Fill-In. Back on the Sports Bill and Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio, 877-800-9848. Join the program. The Harlem Globetrotters are coming to the Big Sandy Superstore Arena Sunday, January 12th at 3 o'clock. It is the Pushing the Limits World Tour. They're going to hit Charleston on that Saturday the 11th and be in Huntington Sunday the 12th at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. If you've never seen the Globetrotters, I can't imagine uh, someone who has never seen the Globetrotters, whether in person or on television. Uh, but in person, it's just a lot of fun. Kids love it. Uh, the last time, maybe not the last time, but uh, a couple of years ago, took my kids to watch the Globetrotters, and they loved it. Man, they had a great time. This is a, a team that is legendary. 21 world records. And the Globetrotters are going to attempt a new world record live at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena. January 12th. Now, we're a week away from Christmas, so if you're talking about some stocking stuffers or some good ki- good gifts, uh, this would be it. Some tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters. They are going to do their magic circle, the ball handling warm-up. They'll do that in the dark, which I guess they're going to use a glow-in-the-dark ball. It's going to be pretty cool. And they have the fifth quarter, which is an interactive post-game autograph session. So you'll have the opportunity to talk to some of the Globetrotters, meet them, get uh, maybe pictures and autographs. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is... Um, Again, the Pushing the Limits World Tour. The head coach of the Globetrotters is legendary Globetrotter Lou Dunbar. His son, Lou Dunbar II, or as he's known, Sweet Lou II. 
joins me in the studio now. Sweet Lou, too. Man, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Sure, man. Uh, looking forward to uh, putting on a show at the Big Sandy Arena, huh? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. How'd you get involved in it? Now, I, I, I know the, the short story is your dad was a big-time Harlem Globetrotter. So right. is that the way you got involved in this? You know, um, so actually, my career kind of started uh, at Oklahoma City University, Um I actually set a few records there, uh, one for most threes made in the game, which was 11, and then one for most points scored in the game, which was 50. So uh, I kind of made a name for myself there, and then after that, I mean, I've always been around the Globetrotters, but I was actually fortunate to be drafted by them, so just an incredible opportunity to be able to follow my father's footsteps what was that like growing up as a i don't want to say growing up growing up as a globetrotter but you really were weren't you um you know uh it, it was normal to me it, it was normal uh i was like well, oh well there's dad in his red white and blue <laughs> yeah. and spinning the ball you know doing his thing and uh it, it was just kind of normal to me did, so. did he ever practice the old uh confetti in the bucket trick with you <laughs> You know, he didn't, he didn't, but, uh, you know, he, he claims he taught me how to shoot, but, <laughs> but I never, I never agreed with that. But, uh, yeah, no, he never, never threw any water on me or confetti. So, uh, so now you, you said you hit a lot of three point shots in college. Now, yes. what do you think about the, the four point shot that you guys had? You know, it's incredible. Actually, this is the, uh, 10th anniversary for the four, yeah. four point shot. So, uh, you know, it's like a free throw. It's like a free throw for us. It's like a free throw. <laughs> how, now, how often do you guys have to uh, – now, you're doing games, it seems like, every week, like two, mm-hmm. three, maybe four times a week. Yeah. How often do you get to practice? You know, every day. Uh, every day. We – at the arena that we go to, so we get to get some shots up. All right. Well, this is the uh, Pushing the Limits World Tour. Yes. So yes. what limits will we be pushing? So – you know, we're actually bringing back the uh, fifth quarter, which is uh, where the fans get to get autographs from us after the game. Also, uh, we're going to be pushing the limits with uh, by shooting or attempting to break a world record at each Globetrotters game. Now, what uh, record would that be? Is it just different ones? or Yeah, most- so you'll be able to find out by going to harlemglobetrotters.com and getting your tickets and showing up. <laughs> and showing up. You yeah. just never know. I mean, yeah. you got to be there. Always something uh, different. My, I took my kids last time, and um, my youngest, I, he was probably five at the time. Yeah. And there's one instance where uh, there, there was a foul called, and they called two shots, and he said, no, it was one shot, my youngest son. And he's yelling and screaming at the referee, saying, no, yeah. it was one shot. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, right? I mean, it's families coming together to join this experience. Absolutely. You know, just a lot of uh, high-flying dunks, tricks, and most of all, fan participation and interaction. Now, the the Globetrotters have been around for a a long time, and a lot of different uh, players have come through and played Mm -hmm. for the Globetrotters. Um, Is there a specific memory that stands out to you as far as your playing days go? Man, You know, 94 years we've been around going into, and uh, just one thing that I can remember is being on the court with my father uh, and uh, actually retiring his jersey is one of the most memorable. Oh, that's cool. Now, he's the coach, right? Yes, he is. So does he get a little bit tougher on you? You know, uh, he's always been tough on me, but I feel like that's just him, you know? And uh, of course, he just wants me to be the best I can be, and course i want the same so yeah uh what about some of the other guys on the globe trotters that uh, that you're playing with now and, and what are they going to bring oh man incredible athletes incredible shooters like cheese chisholm uh dizzy english darnell speedy artists um oh, incredible athletes incredible athletes like spider and we have highlight who's uh, been with the organization for quite some time and still one of the highest jumpers on the team I can't imagine that there is somebody out there who has not seen a Harlem Globetrotters game, either in person or on television or highlights mm-hmm. in YouTube. And social media is huge with that, too. Right. Uh, but for for those that maybe have not seen, what can they expect when they come to see you guys? Uh, you can expect a lot of laughing. Uh, so a lot of interaction with the crowd, a lot of dunks, high-flying dunks, tricks. And we're actually... Uh, bringing back magic pass where you can actually get those tickets online as well where you get to uh, learn a trick and meet some of the players before the game as well and so we also plan on incorporating the uh, glow in the dark magic circle 
Oh, what's that? So, where we perform the magic circle, which yeah. is our pregame ritual before every game, and we perform it in the dark. With a glow in the dark ball, yeah, with a glow in the dark ball, yeah. Do you have any like highlights on the uniform that that show where you guys will be standing or uh, something like that? Yeah, okay, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Get your tickets, yeah, yeah and get, go check yeah. it out, right? Got to check it out. All right, uh, what uh, what is your specialty on the floor? My specialty is four pointers. I love to shoot the four. Um, the most fours you've hit in a game? The most I've hit in a game, I believe, was about eleven. Man, yeah, I had about eleven, and I had uh, eight in a row. Oh wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It is pushing the limits. World Tour at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena, the Harlem Globetrotters. It is January twelfth at three o'clock in the afternoon. Get your tickets. They're going to try to break world records again. Uh, so get your tickets and be there now. Sweet Lou Two joining us in the studio. Thanks I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming absolutely, in. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. You got it, man. All right, appreciate it. Um, HarlemGlobetrotters.com, where you can find out information. You can also get your tickets at the Arena Box Office. Uh, so, it, I mean, check out the Globetrotter because it is a lot of fun. Taking the kids and, and letting them watch some basketball. And these guys are super talented. Um, love watching the Globetrotters. Grew up, watched them on ABC's Wide World of Sports. You probably also, if you're around my age, you probably also saw them on uh, Gilligan's Island. You remember the Globetrotters went to Gilligan's Island and they played those robots to get them off the island? It was, uh, and Scooby-Doo, I think they were on Scooby-Doo at one point too. So, I mean, they are marketing themselves and they have for some time. Just a, a fun basketball day and it's going to be January 12th at 3 o'clock at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena. The Harlem Globetrotters get your tickets. Memories will be made. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate Sweet Lou too for joining me in the studio. 877-800-9848 if you would like to join the program uh, maybe you have a globetrotter memory or you want to talk a little more uh, football cleveland browns again that's been the hot topic the last couple of days about uh, the browns also got some college football to talk about recruiting day today big day national signing day and uh, i was checking the top recruiting class rankings that's been updated about every hour and right now clemson as the number one recruiting class in the country. Uh, Just looking at these rankings here, Clemson number one, Alabama two, Ohio State three. Then it's LSU, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, Michigan, and Texas in the top ten as far as recruiting goes. Um, We'll talk a little more recruiting tomorrow. Um, Marshall, we'll have Aaron Perkins on the program, and we'll talk about uh, the herd signings. And how they did. This is the early signing period. This isn't the you know the national February day. They they always have this early signing period. Or at least they have the past few years. So we'll talk about that a little bit more on the program tomorrow. Uh, more to co- come on the show today. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk uh, a little Blue Jackets hockey. We'll get into um, Marshall Player Interview Day, which took place yesterday, and see what some of these guys are looking forward to most about going down to Tampa and playing UCF in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, also, I kind of teased this yesterday. We ran out of time, didn't have time to talk about it, but uh, the NCAA uh, may be taking a different direction with its Power 5 teams and the biggest uh, conferences. And uh, There was a commission, put out the Knight Commission, calling for a restructuring of college sports. Could we see another division? You know, we had the 1A, 1AA, which has since been changed to FCS and FBS. But could we see another incarnation of that and divide things up more, where the Power Five conferences would break away and do their own thing? You would have the group of five left behind, so to speak, and maybe play for their own championship. I don't know, but could we be heading down that road? We'll talk about that on the program as well. Again, your phone call is welcome at 877-800-9848 and on Twitter at SportsFillin. Back after the timeout on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox Sports Radio. I sure hope so. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. You're listening to the Sports Fill In. Eight seven seven eight hundred nine eight four eight. Sports Fill In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. The Columbus Blue Jackets, for all the struggles they've had this year, have been playing well as of late. They got another win last night, beating the Detroit Red Wings on the road 5-3. to three. 
Gustav Nyquist acquisition, a free agent signing in the offseason for the Blue Jackets, came from Detroit. He was making his first trip back to the Little Caesars Arena where he played for so long. He actually played uh, almost 500 games there with Detroit and playing there for the first time as a visitor. He assisted on a tie-breaking goal in the first period, scored an empty netter in the third period, and the Jackets get a 5-3 to win. Jonas Corposalos had 16 saves for Columbus, who is now even on the season. They're 514-14-6. This coming after they shut out Washington a couple of nights ago, the Jackets now have a point in five straight games. They're 3-0-2 in that stretch, and they've got the Kings coming to town tomorrow night. Another team that's near the bottom. In fact, they are at the bottom in the Western Conference. So uh, another chance for the Jackets to pick up a couple of points playing at home. Detroit falls to 9-24-3. My, how the mighty have fallen. Detroit was so good for so long, and they have been bad for a while now. Uh, lost their second straight game. They're 2-12-2 in the last 16 games. The game was tied at three. It was kind of a back-and-forth game last night, but the Blue Jackets took the lead. 4-3 to three in the third period, thanks to a little PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Anthony Mantha puts it behind the net. Carries it right out himself. Mantha up to the red line. Angles on the left side, gets it to Larkin. Back to Mantha, to the middle of the ice. Great job in the back check by Texier. Broke up the pass, and here comes the Blue Jackets on the counterattack. It is Dubois with a shot, and he scores! Pierre-Luc Dubois put it in the upper right-hand corner, just like a postage stamp. That's a good bingo, and the Blue Jackets lead 4-3. to 4-3 to there in the third, and they would ice it, not literally because icing's a penalty, but they would ice the game a little bit later on when the Red Wings pulled the goalie, tried to get an extra skater on and tie the game. Didn't work out as Gus Nyquist put the icing on the cake. Gets it to Anthony Mantha. They get it down low with a shot save made. There's a rebound, and the Blue Jackets bat it to the blue line, not out. Heronic over to Mantha. Near side, swing and a miss. Bjorkstrand gets it out to the neutral zone, hands it off, the puck down the ice, and a score! Gus Nyquist buries the empty netter! Winner, winner, who wants some turkey? The Blue Jackets are up 5-3. That would be the final score, 5-3, Columbus with the win. Columbus outshot Detroit 27-10 in the first couple of periods, but it was still a 3-3 tie. Third period, Columbus got those two goals uh, after tying it at 6.54 in the second period. They got the two goals there in the third to get the win. 3-0-2 in their last five are the young Columbus Blue Jackets. John Tortorella, the head coach of CBJ, talked about, again, high praise for his goaltender, Jonas Corposalo, and uh, trying to get some young guys involved there in the crease. Kind of looked at that last year. Of course, you had uh, Sergei Bobrovsky last year. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of looks at Jonas Corposalo. They did, but they thought he was pretty solid. But they're getting a look at him now in um, in the regular season as a full-time starter. And Coach Tortorella talked about that after the game last night. I have to monitor it, but we have to watch it in, in a way can he handle it, too. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, uh, we think he has progressed well. Um, but he, we, we got to see if he can play the games. Uh, you're looking as a starter. You're looking at uh, uh, 53 to 60 games in that area there. we got to see if he can do that. Um, I was hoping to get Elvis uh, a little bit more work here. Uh, I was hoping the other night we'd, we could go with him. Uh, but I've got to balance that with him trying to find a win games. I, I can't wait and, and, uh, uh, and develop a goalie and live through some of the, the struggles with it, uh, I answer the team. I have to uh, make decisions towards the team as far as trying to get back into this race. Elvis he's talking about is Elvis Merzlikens, who uh, had some high praise as a goaltender heading into Columbus as a young guy, um, and they want to try to get him some work. But as he said, you know, there's that balance. You want to win games. It's not full teardown mode rebuild mode uh they still feel pretty good about the way they're playing at least in the last five games and they've had to do it with somewhat of a patchwork lineup because of the injuries they've had and uh coach tortorella didn't shy away from that either he talked about the way his team is playing even though you're putting you know pieces of this lineup together we're just it it, we don't spend a lot of time talking or thinking about the injuries uh uh, it just gives other 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 guys more opportunities and situations that maybe they wouldn't be put in. Um, as I've always said to you guys, when you have the amount of injuries that we have right now, your team's going to be better 
uh, when people start coming back healthy, I think your team is going to be better in the big picture uh, because of the opportunities these guys have been given through the injuries. So we don't spend too much time thinking about it. Uh, we don't uh, pat ourselves on the back when you find a way to win a game with injuries. You just get ready for your next game. Just uh, the bus stops for no one. You've got to keep playing, and uh, the Jackets have done that. 3-0-2, have a chance to win again tomorrow night, again against the Kings, uh, 7 o'clock right here on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. Uh, I'm going to that game. Excited about that. First chance to get up to Columbus and watch the Blue Jackets this year. And uh, I've never seen the Kings play in person. So, uh, you know, that's where the great one played for a long time. So we, we look forward to that and heading up and watching the Blue Jackets tomorrow night. 877-800-9848. We're going to shift gears from hockey and go into college football. I mentioned uh, recruiting day. National signing day is today. The early signing period, um, a lot of teams just the strong get stronger. I guess Clemson, the number one recruiting class right now, based on the uh, ESPN college football recruiting class. Uh, Alabama number two, Ohio State number three. That updates every hour. I mean, you get guys signing throughout the day. Twenty-four signees for Clemson, whereas Alabama and Ohio State have twenty-five signees. And uh, you could break that down a little bit more and look at. Four-star, five-star guys, so on and so forth. But we'll have a, a, a recap tomorrow on the program. Uh, we we turn our attention now to bowl week because college football bowl games start Friday, believe it or not. And uh, Monday, Marshall is going to be playing in a bowl game, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. For the second straight year in that bowl, they will be playing UCF. It's a 2.30 game, the only college game on that day, 2.30 in the afternoon, which means we'll have our green and white tailgate show on our sister station, 106.3 The Brew, on from noon to 2 at Huntington Mall. Melvin Cunningham will join me for that, Marshall All-American and Hall of Famer. So we'll preview that game on Monday. But yesterday was a player interview day where we had a chance to sit down and chat with some of the Marshall players and talk to them about their preparation for this week, talk to them about what they've seen on film from UCF and and what you know is a big concern for them. Now you can get into all the nuts and bolts and all that and discuss the the X's and O's and the plays and the athleticism of UCF and the number of snaps they have per game and and you could dive into that if you want to. But I I kind of wanted to go a different route with them and I I wanted to know listen, this is bowl week, right? And, and you're down there for several days before you play the game. So they they've got different activities and events planned for players. Uh, they do different things. They go to different places. So I want to know, you know, what are you looking forward to most when you go down there, apart from the football game? Is there something that stands out to you that you're excited about? I got comments from uh, several Marshall players, and I want to play a few of those right now. Uh, one was from uh, Omari Cobb, senior linebacker. Now, this is his last go-around, last chance to put on the green and white. And uh, he talked about the kind of guy he was when it comes down to bowl week. Um, just going back to Florida and the weather and enjoying the weather with the guys and just being at the bowl and playing in front of family and friends. Um, I'm more of a beach guy. You know, I like to relax. <laughs> Relaxing, enjoying the weather. And uh, Kane Madden also said that. Kane Madden said, you know, I'm from here and I, I just want to get away from the cold weather and go down to where it's warm. I'm with you, man. And I'd love that too. This uh, 20-some degree in the morning thing, I just don't do that. I shut down when it gets below 50. So I can understand them. Now, guys like Omari Cobb and some other guys on the team who are from Florida, they go down there, it's you know no big deal. But Chris Jackson, another guy that's a senior, he also is putting on the Kelly Green for the final time Monday. And again, I ask him, hey, Chris, what, what's the one thing you're looking forward to most when you go down to Tampa? What stands out to me is, um, like you said, players that's never been to the beach, being able to go to the beach, you know, that's going to be a fun experience for those guys. And, you know, that's, uh, it's going to be a great experience for the young guys who, who just got here and have never been to a bowl game and never experienced anything like this. You know, we got guys like Micah, who's um, been starting for us most of the year, and he's going to be able to get to go to his first bowl game as a, as a true freshman, something I didn't get to do. So I'm just happy for guys like that. And, you know, if we can get a win, it'll definitely be a lot of momentum for the team next year. Yeah, he's. Uh, he said he hadn't really let it sink in yet. the the time The last time he's going to play for Marshall, uh, his last game, uh, he told me that it was more 
kind of like when he's on the field and he sees the fourth quarter and the time winding down, that that's probably when it's going to hit him. But, uh, you know, those seniors out there for the last time and spending some time with their, their teammates and just enjoying the bowl experience for what it is. Uh, the, uh, the best comment from the players I talked to yesterday about this was from Brendan Knox. Now, Brendan Knox is a guy from Columbus. He was the team MVP, Conference USA MVP on the offensive side, and he's had a tremendous sophomore season. And I, I said, hey, look, man, you know, you had a great season. But apart from the game itself, which is the focus when you go down to Tampa, apart from the game, what's the one thing that you are going to uh, look forward to most when you go down to Florida? Here was his answer. I've never been to a beach in my life before, so I mean, I guess checking out a beach for the first time. Um, and anything else is just, you know, whatever I come across in Tampa, I guess. So that, I'd say that's number one. I've never seen a beach in my life. I've never seen the ocean. Yeah, I kind of have a fear, like, large bodies of water, and it also comes with not, like, vacationing, you know, like, as, as a kid. So, I mean, a culmination of a lot of different things. <laughs> And I guess, you know, we kind of take that for granted because, uh, you know, a lot of folks from this area, from the tri-state, they make make trips to the beach. And, and in West Virginia, it's Myrtle Beach, right? Everybody goes there. And, and you think about going to the beach. And a guy who, you know, a sophomore in college, never seen the beach, never been to a beach. I guess you've seen it on TV, but never been to the beach and never seen an ocean. I mean, that's, that's an experience for the kids. And, and there may be some others that are like that, too. And Chris Jackson talked about that. He said, you know, there there are a lot of guys from Florida who had never seen snow. But they come up to play for Marshall and you get snow in the winter every now and then. Nothing huge. But, um, you know, guys have never seen that. And, and we kind of take that for granted because we get all the seasons right here in the Tri-State, usually within a week. Am I right on that? I mean, sometimes you'll have... In one week, you'll have temperatures in the 80s, and then the bottom falls out. It'll rain. You'll get uh, cool weather all the way down to the 60s, and then the next day, it's going to be cold and snowy and 32 degrees. So you get them all within a seven-day period right here in Appalachia. But some kids don't get to uh, experience that. They don't get to see snow. They don't get to see the beach. So I thought that was pretty cool uh, from some of those Marshall players to share that and, and talk about that. Uh, good stuff there. Now, we'll have more player comments and Coach Doc Holiday comments on our Green and White Tailgate show on Monday afternoon on 106.3 The Brew. It's on from noon to 2 from the Huntington Mall. Looking forward to that one last time this season. Marshall and UCF. Now, Marshall is a huge underdog in this game. They are a 17-point underdog, last I checked, against UCF, who has, again, been the flag bearer for the group of five teams the last few years, they didn't get the Access Bowl this year, but undefeated a few years ago, claimed a national championship. This is a tall task for Marshall. Uh, can they show up and pull the upset? I, I don't know. It'll be tough. Bowl games start Friday. You'll have the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl at 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. Buffalo and Charlotte. Buffalo is a 6.5-point favorite. You'll also have a 7.30 game. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, Kent State and Utah State. Kent State six and six, Utah State seven and five. I should mention that Buffalo and Charlotte are both seven and five. Uh, Utah State is a six and a half point favorite Friday. Then you have some games on Saturday. You'll have uh, three, four, five games. No, you got six games Saturday, the twenty first. Uh, You'll have Central Michigan and San Diego State in the New Mexico Bowl, Liberty and Georgia Southern in the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, at 3.30 SMU and Florida Atlantic in the Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl, Florida International meets Arkansas State in the Camella Bowl, Boise State and Washington. That should be a fun one. Looking forward to that one in the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. And then at 9 o'clock, it is the New Orleans Bowl, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Appalachian State takes on Conference USA member UAB. Marshall UCF, the only game on Monday. And then, of course, you, you go down to uh, the college football playoffs, down to four teams in the college football playoffs. Ohio State takes on Clemson. And uh, you also have LSU taking on Oklahoma. 
Clemson is a two-point favorite over the Buckeyes, and LSU is a two-touchdown favorite over Oklahoma. 14-point spread in that one. Number one, LSU. Number four, Oklahoma, as we wind down college football. 877-800-9848. If you'd like to join the program and on Twitter at SportsFillIn, we need to take one final time out, and we will come back with a final segment of the program here on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox Sports Radio. WZWB, Canova Huntington, WIRO, Ironton, Aloha Trust. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. And iHeartRadio station. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. This is the Sports Fill-In. Final segment on today's program. The Sports Fill-In, Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. 877-800-9848. Chance for phone call or on Twitter at Sports Fillin, P H I L I N. It is all one word. I had fun last week on Friday. We played uh, some of the best coaching rants in sports. Uh, I don't know that we got to all of them, uh, but we just had a lot of fun with that. We got folks chiming in on their favorite. Uh, the Mike Gundy, I'm a man, is up there near the top. Of course, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, is in there. Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary, that's kind of an underrated coaching rant. He wants winners. Uh, it's a short clip, but, I mean, this this was when he coached the 49ers. This was an underrated clip. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I like that one. I mean, that's. That one's kind of underrated, I think, if you ask me. And then, of course, you've got Jim Mora with the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I, so I might drop some of those in on each program and just kind of let you reminisce about those. Uh, I did want to touch on this, and this is something that maybe you could we could dive into a little bit more in depth tomorrow. Uh, we've just got a few minutes left on the program, but the, the night commission – put together, and uh, they've called for a restructuring of college sports in response to the, quote, highly commercialized environment, end quote, of major college football and basketball. There was a letter to Mark Emmert, Emmert, who is the president of the NCAA, and by the way, he is in Washington meeting with members of Congress to try to figure out what to do now with the NCAA because A lot of people just don't respect the NCAA anymore, if they ever did. I mean, I'm sure they did at some point, but we see a lot of these rulings and kind of wonder, well, how is that even possible? How were they granted eligibility to play after a transfer? How was this individual not allowed to transfer and be eligible immediately? Uh, Ann Duncan, Arnie Duncan, I'm sorry, I can't get my uh, readers on. Uh, Arnie Duncan, who is the the commission of this uh, Knight Commission, he was a co-chair, he said that big revenue athletic programs might be placed in a different division outside of NCAA oversights. Saying, quote, just let them play by a different set of rules and be upfront about it and be honest. He said the NCAA is overwhelmed, adding that the association had become irrelevant in the wake of the FBI basketball scandal. And that's a big part in this, too. Now you've got uh, you know, all these lawsuits about the uh, NCAA and recruiting and payment of players, and you add on to that different states are making rules for name, image, and likeness, whether uh, athletes can do endorsements, whether they can get paid to do commercials. That's a huge recruiting tool. If you're being recruited by two Power 5 programs, you're trying to decide where to go. You know, I don't know if I want to go here or there. Well, but wait a minute. This state will allow me, since the school's in this state, this state is going to let me get paid to do commercial endorsements. And the fan base for school A is huge, so they might pay me a lot of money. I think I'm going to go there. That would be a huge recruiting tool, I believe. So if that happens, I mean, if they let these Power 5 schools go a different route, not be under the umbrella of the NCAA and play by a completely different set of rules, that kind of changes the amateurism of it, doesn't it? Because then you'd be paying these athletes trying to take the next step to move on to the NBA 
or the National Football League. Now, in baseball, it doesn't matter. You can get drafted right out of high school. Not the case for basketball or football. The Knight Commission is concerned that up to 60% of the NCAA's annual $500 million-plus distribution to schools is impacted by FBS football. That is a sport the NCAA does not sponsor. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but the NCAA does not sponsor FBS football. The commission is recommending more far-reaching reforms that continue to emphasize athletes' education, health, and safety. This is a story that came from CBS Sports. In the system we have in place, currently appropriate and uh, and fair as to student-athlete benefits, uh, this is uh, different questions Amy Perko was asking about um, the student-athlete issue. Uh, are they going to get paid? Will they go a different route? And I've said all along, I really think that we've seen the steps taken by these Power Five conferences to say, look, we're above you. Look, we've got the playoffs, and we're not going to let the group of five in. We just want all that money to ourselves, and it's all money grab. Now they're talking about not scheduling group of five teams. We need to play Power Five schools every week. We're seeing that next step taken, and I think the next logical step is for them to break away from the NCAA and have their own thing. The Power 5 schools, you may see 64 schools start their own deal. Where does that leave the rest of the schools, the group of five? Interesting discussion. And that's going to wrap up today's show. Uh, Big thanks to Sweet Lou, too, for joining me in the studio today. Tomorrow on the program, we'll talk a little recruiting with Aaron Perkins of HerdNation.com. May even have Tom Roten on the show. Now, Tom has the Straight Shooters fantasy football team. That's my opponent in the championship, the iHeart Fantasy Football Championship. We may have a little discussion about that. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. You've been listening to the Sports Fill-In. Get all the latest info and podcasts on our Facebook page and at foxsports1230.com. And listen to the Sports Fill-In weekdays at noon on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420.